This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Together, But I want to go ahead and dive into this today and ask that you kind of help me pray over this message and ask that the Lord... Uh, guide me to say what he wants me to say. Would you help me pray? Lord, Lord God, I ask you, Lord, to bless this message. And God, to bless and anoint to my mouth, Lord, to do with me what you did with Moses when you told him, I will be your mouth as you speak. So God, I pray that everything comes out, everything that comes out of my mouth today, God, be God-ordained, that it not, that people don't hear me speaking, Lord, but they hear you speaking directly to them through the situations that may be going through in their lives right now. God, I pray, Lord, that you would open up every eye to see, every mind to know, and every ear to hear the truth of your word today. Let it be known today that your Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. And it's in your name I pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. We're going to go to it in a minute. But before we do, I want to make a statement. And it's going to kind of be the keynote of this entire message. So if you're taking notes or if you're writing them down on your phone, this might be a good key statement to write down, okay? Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Okay? So I want to say that again, and and, and I want you to hear me. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God says about you. We're in the week two of this message, you don't have what it takes, and today we're going to deal with the truth that most of us know in our mind, but we don't live it practically. And that's the truth that no matter how hard you try, you'll never ever be able to please everyone. And I don't know if you're like me, and you're, you have somewhat of a people pleaser gene inside your body, and you want to do everything to make sure that everybody's happy, that's not always the right thing to do. And we're going to talk about that scripturally. But it's a very real problem right now, especially in our um, government and in America today. People feel that their worth is in what others think about them. And I fall prey to that many times. I, I, like you, go through conversations in my head about how am I valued. And, and, I, and I only share this today, and I'm open about it today, because I hope that it may set somebody free. It's not a problem that I say struggle with all the time, but it's something I definitely go through. And, and it, I, I say things like this to my, myself. Was the sermon good today? Was there a good response? Was there a good turnout to the event we had? Well, how many people joined online, right? Because that is a great uh, way to show how great service was. And I know it sounds crazy, but for a pastor's head, that's what I go through on a daily How many people actually watched and how many people applied the message? Um, and, and here's the worst part, okay? And again, I know we don't like talking about money, but I'm going to go ahead and do it just for a minute. One of the worst things as a pastor, and all of the pastors that are in this room that are retired and have worn the t-shirt and have bought the store and sold the property, okay? You know what I'm about to talk about. One of the things that as pastors we go home and one of the first things we think of, what was tithing this week? Because if tithing was good, service must have been good. If tithing was bad, I must have done something wrong. And even though... That has nothing to do with how well service went. For some reason, that's what a pastor feels as he goes home. Are we going to be able to make bills this month? Are we going to be able to pay everybody that helps clean and helps work? 
and these are the emotions that I go through. And, and whether they're right or they're wrong, I am a real person and tend to have real emotions. And I know a lot of us in this room tend to do that as well. We, we question things in our lives. Did I do a good job? Am I a good spouse? Am I a good parent? We question ourselves with those types of things. And we tell ourselves mentally that I'm not supposed to really do whatever I can. Remember last week we talked about widening the plate. I'm not supposed to widen the plate and allow things in my life, but I'm going to do it this one time just so I can make everybody happy. And before you know it, you adopt that as a new routine in your life, and it's not scriptural. And so we're going to talk about that today, and I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But these these are things that I ask myself, and they are real. And 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 I and especially during this COVID season, okay, I'm going to speak real real right here, okay. We, we um, pastors, we it seems like we have seen more resignations and moral mess ups in the last few years than we have in the last 20. Why? Because pastors and many business leaders in America, they feel pressure to perform and feel their worth is based on what others think about them. And if we can't meet together, and even if we know people are cautious and they're not here, for some reason that puts a seed of doubt in my mind that maybe they've left. And this COVID season has messed up a lot of pastors' minds. And that's why you see so many pastors um, um, pray to this emotion of, I am not valued, I'm not worth it, I'm not doing a good job. And that's where we as a body of Christ have to lift each other up and pray for each other. Because again, these are real emotions and not just me, but that everybody goes through on a different level. And so we've got to make sure that we understand that I cannot please everyone, okay? And you're probably like me, and you know that, and you understand that. But did you know that our enemy likes to manipulate the truth or massage the truth in such a way that it actually hurts me and hurts you? Well, I can't please everyone, so I just better work really hard to please as many people as I can, or... Or for you it might be, I know I can't please everyone, but there's these certain people that I've got to devote my entire life to pleasing because if they're not happy, then I'm a total fail. And the truth is, you're not designed to please people. And I want to get that out and I'm preaching to myself. So if I'm the only one in this room, let it be known that I'm preaching to myself and I'm going to go home and repent and pray and and all that stuff and I will be a, 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 a better pastor next week, okay? But today... I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be real with you that pleasing people is not scriptural. It is not a biblical thing for us to please people, but I can please God. And when I please God, everything else falls in place. Did you hear me? I can't please people, but I can please God. And I want to talk to you today about not living for the approval of man but instead living for an audience of one. So we have this story about Paul that we kind of started last week. And he went into um, Galatia to kind of straighten out a mess, right? What he realized is people didn't know what it took to be right with God. They were confused. Some people said, well, to be right with God, to be saved, you must be circumcised. 
Others said, no, you have to obey the law. Some said, no, you have to do both. And some said, you don't have to do either of them. So Paul came to straighten out a mess. And what he was going to do is tell them the truth that the only way you are made right with God is through Jesus Christ alone. And we talked about this last week. So he came in with a very bold message. And as soon as he began preaching, he realized that there was a big group of people that were getting angry at him. And he watched how overnight his approval rating went down. And he knew this was an election year, so he had to say all the right things, right? He had to give in to this and give in to that for the approval of people so he could get their vote. No, that's not what he did. He knew what the Word of God told him to say, so he went in, not widening his plate, but he went in and said, I've got something I need to tell you, and it doesn't matter to me if, I, if you approve of me. All that matters is to me is that God approves of me. See, we come out and do things sometimes just for the approval of people, and we forget in our mind this has nothing to do with being approved by God. And so what did Paul say? Um, Galatians chapter 1, um, uh, verse 10. It says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, listen, it says, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now I want to read this again. Do we have this um, a passage up? Galatians 1.10 should be the very um, first one you have. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. What he's saying is, is obviously I'm not trying to be a people pleaser here. He said, no, who I'm trying to please is I'm trying to please God. Now check this out. If I were still trying to please people, he said, I would not be a servant of Christ. If I'm always trying to please people, then I've taken my eyes off of everything that matters, which is pleasing God. Becoming obsessed with what people think is the quickest way to forget about what God thinks about you. I can't please everybody, but I can please God. Are you a people pleaser? Are you like me? Are you driven like I have been in too many seasons of my life by what people think about you? Here's a couple of different truths that I want us to see about people um, pleasers. And maybe if you didn't know that you were, you might know after I read these, okay? Number one, people pleasers tend to take criticism personally. Someone criticizes you and you are devastated by it. And it hurts and You've said to yourself, it's been true for years. I've had 10 people say, Chris, man, that was an amazing message. And I've had one person say, well, I'm not quite sure about what you said. And for some reason, we believe the one before we believe the 10. Because the human mind is set up to believe the negative before they believe the positive. And so we take the criticism personally. And you don't have to raise your hands this morning. I'm not going to ask you to do, to, 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 to do that. But think about how many of you, even in this room... Take criticism personally. If you do, you might be a people pleaser. Number two, they have this um, fear that people won't like me. 
don't reject me. I need you to like me. I'll do whatever it takes so that you like me. And we broaden our reasoning. We widen the plate. Well, I don't agree with this really, but I'll give in because I want you to like me. And then before we know it, we don't have a problem with it in anymore because we have compromised what we believe for the approval of the people. And we've justified the sin because it's okay as long as I don't fall deeper into it. But all we're doing is setting ourselves up to fail. All for the approval of man. That's why I have such a hard time with these social media people that just say things for likes and views. You know, for a lot of people, they've been given a platform to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all they want to say is things that make you have a like button on it. And I'm telling you that the approval of man means nothing if I don't have the approval of God. Another character of people pleasers is they find it hard to express how they really feel I'd like to tell you what I think about this but I'm afraid it might hurt you or you may not like me and I've asked you to hold me accountable and I hope that I can hold you too right but but then the time comes for me to do it and I don't do it why because number one they may take it personal and number two they may not like what I have to say Paul didn't care about any about, about any of that he had a message from God and he wanted to go in and share the message because the approval of people wasn't what he was after it was the approval of God he didn't skirt the boundaries. No, he walked in boldly and told the truth, knowing it may upset some people. You see, I've not been called of God to do what I do to preach a message every, every, every week just so you feel good about yourselves. That's not what I've been called to do. I've been called to preach the Bible. And some of this makes you just high on cloud nine, but some of it makes you question if what you're doing is right. And it's okay if I say those things. Why? Because the approval of man is not what I'm after. The approval of God is what I'm after. Paul knew his job wasn't to please people, but to please God. There's another characteristic, and I want to take some time with this one, because I probably have the hardest time with this one right here, okay? People pleasers have a hard time saying no. Am I the only one? I see uh, heads doing this and hands going up. So I know I'm speaking to the right crowd. You tend to overcommit. And if you're like me, you can be very, uh, you, you can agree on the outside, but on the inside, you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have said yes. Chris, can you come help me do this? Oh, man, I'd love to. Man, takes up another day of my week. Hey, Chris, would you be here? So, I, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to help you with that. I really don't have time for it. But we're afraid of losing the approval of people, so we overcommit our schedules so that we can make them like us. So outwardly, I'm a, I, I agree, but inwardly, I resent it. Harriet Breaker wrote a book called The Disease to Please. And that phrase caught me. It's a disease to please everybody. And in it, she said that people pleasers are addicts. Listen, they are a, just like people seek drugs. 
These same type of people seek the approval of people. It's a disease to please. It's a very dangerous one because when we become obsessed with what people think about us, it's the quickest way to forget what God says about me. Now, I'm not saying don't be involved in other people's lives. Be involved. Be engaged. Help when you can but not at the expense of losing your relationship with Christ or even your own home. I've seen marriages come apart because husbands and wives have overcommitted somewhere else and have left things at home untouched. I have seen kids go away from God because mom and dad, see now I need you to hear me. I am a baseball enthusiast. I love it, I love it, I love it. I do it every single day. I've got some um, baseball moms and dads right here in this room, and I'm happy that they're here with us. I need y'all to hear me right now. I'm, I love baseball. I'm not obsessed with it. I love sports, but not at the expense of my children losing Christ. I love the sport. I love playing. But the Bible says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And too many parents I see serve baseball and serve sports and serve jobs and serve this and serve that. And all in the meantime, in pleasing people, they have forgot that the only person they're supposed to please is the Lord himself. So these, there's these two big truths that we need you to understand about people pleasing. And it's this one right here. Num number one, people pleasing is idol worship. Now, hold up, Pastor. Where are you going with this? Let me tell you. Exodus chapter 20 says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. But when we surrender our lives to the opinion of people instead of God, what we're doing is we elevate people in the rightful spot of where God should be. I care more about what you think about me than what God thinks. It's idol worship. In fact, I would consider people pleasing more of a spiritual problem than a relational problem. And, and you see a great example in the Word of God when some of the leaders were, they were um, believers of Christ. Hear, hear me, me, me out here. But they wouldn't go public with their faith. And maybe some of you were like this. You, you know Christ. You've accepted Him in, into your heart. But you're afraid of going public with your faith. Watch what it says in John chapter chapter 12. It says, "Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the religious people, that's who 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 that was. Because of the religious people, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out. They cared more about what people thought about them than what God says about them. What did they love? They loved praise from men more than the praise from God. Idol worship. We love for people to like us more than we do to live in the way that God wants us to live. In fact, I was going through my mind just this past week about when is the first time in my life I can remember being consumed with, it, with what others thought about me. And it was many, many, many years ago. I was in the eighth grade. Again, I you know played ball and, and I, I'd always played through I always played ball because I loved it and then middle school rolled around and now I'm playing ball because it means something, right? So now 
I'm playing for a school. Now I'm playing for pride. Now I'm playing so that I can go to high school and maybe even more than that, right? So sixth grade, seventh grade went awesome. Eighth grade rolls around. And uh, my mom got a new job at CSLA, Chattanooga School for the Liberal Arts. And I went there and baseball tryouts came and I made the team. I knew I had to perform though. New school, coming from a big school to a small one. I had the pressure now of being the guy and not just one of the guys. My coach played college ball and he hit me third in, in um, the lineup, the line, line, line and I promise you I had the year of my life. I can't remember ever having a year like that, and it's not boasting or bragging. I played some good ball. The county recognized me as one of the best players in the entire county. I made the all-county baseball team. Praise God, right? And came time at the end of the year when our team voted for player of the year. And it was voted on by my peers. And so the coach got us all around and he said, I need us all to get out a piece of paper and vote for who you think is the best player on our team. My nerves began to just rattle because would they pick me? Or would they pick Zach? Or would they pick Ian? Or would they pick Luke? Who were who they going to pick to be best player on the team? I was just recognized as an all-county baseball player. But for some reason, that didn't matter. Because all that mattered at that moment is what my friends thought about me. So then the coach did the best thing ever for an eighth grade boy that is consumed about what other people think. He said, okay, we have tallied the vote. I'm going to announce it tomorrow. <laughs> So what do I do? Go home and had nothing on my mind, right? No. Went home and it consumed me. I wonder if I should text my friends to see who they voted for. And I realized in that instant that the approval of my peers consumed me so much that it didn't matter what accolade I got from the county. What only mattered to me was the approval of my friends. Well, I, I won... And that was awesome. But it proved to me that day that the approval of man is a trap. And it can cause your mind to go to places it doesn't need to go. Proverbs chapter 29 talks about this. It says what? Go ahead and put that one up there. It says what? The fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Not fear of God, but a fear of man will prove to be a snare. Fear of men, fear of what they're going to think, fear of what they're going to do, fear of what they're going to say about me, fear of what, what people are going to think is proved to be a trap. And in the Hebrew, it very literally means a noose around the nose. It is a hook in the nose that somebody can pull me around saying, hey, because I want the approval of man, I'm willing to do this, I'm willing to do that, I'm willing to do this, just so you'll like me. That mindset that I get on the inside, I'll do anything it takes just so I can be approved by you. Well, how does this look like for us? Well, I care what you think about me, and so I have to dress to impress. 
I have to buy that boat. I've got to buy that house. I, I have to have the perfect job. I have to look a certain way. I've got to have a select group of friends. And before you know it, you're making choices in your own life just for the approval of man and not for the approval of God. And I've seen so many pe people not live within their margin, okay? That means spending above their means just so they can fit in with a certain crowd. Because I'm telling you, the approval of man is a trap and it is a snare and it is an idol worship. These traps that you can get into by being a people pleaser. One is the I will compromise for you trap. I don't know how many million, trillion, gazillion times, right? This has happened. And I, I want to speak to our teens, for all the teens that are in here right now, okay? Let me be honest. I, I, I don't know how many times I've seen teaching school and even pastoring and being a youth pastor that I've seen a boy trying to put the moves on a girl and there's some pressure and the girl thinks I don't want to do it. I want to save myself. But because I don't want my um, friends to think I'm a certain way and because I don't want him to think that I'm a certain way, I'm going to give in and I'm going to give in and I'm going to give in. And then you choose to do that and you regret the decision that you made. And I've seen the exact opposite happen. I've seen the pressure being put onto the boy. And the boy's like, well, my, my guys, they, they, um, they, they know that I'm this way. And I've got to make decisions based on that. And they give in and they regret the decision that they made. Why? Because they've sought out the approval of people and not the approval of God. I'm telling you, teens, don't ever compromise what you believe. Don't ever compromise what the Word of God says. Don't ever compromise. And if that boy or if that girl pressures you to do something you don't want to do, drop them like a bad ha 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 habit and move on. Why? Because it's not worth it. Maybe you're someone and you went to work and somebody tells this bad joke and you really think you have to laugh at it so they don't think you're just a religious person. Or again, if... You've got to dress the right way and buy the right things and be in the right types of schools because you have fallen into the I will compromise for you trap. There's another trap called the I will overcommit for you trap. I care so much about what you think that I'm going to do more than I should do so that you will think highly of me. There's another trap. I call it the I will let you limit my success trap. Some of you, you feel called by God to be a leader. You have a vision inside of you to have a big business one day. And you, you, you've got this, this dream that you want to do this to influence people for Christ. And you've got this vision. And let me just say, the more you do and the higher God causes you to rise, the more people aren't going to like you. The more times they see you succeed in life, the more times that they are um, jealous about where you are, the more they're going to cast the stone. And it's real easy to compromise what you're doing and your relationship with Christ just for the approval of those people that you thought so highly of. And I'm telling you, that trap is not worth it. It's a very, very common trap. And I'm telling you, to be a people pleaser, it is idol worship. Number two, the antidote for the fear of what people think about you is having a reverence for God. The antidote, the medicine required to cure this disease 
of being a people pleaser is to have a holy reverence for God. It really is that easy. That one statement can truly change your life. The fear of God is the best antidote for the fear of what people think. And let me tell you, if you're a people pleaser today, and I throw myself right in that boat, people are too big and God is too small. What's the Bible say? Psalm chapter um, um, 34, verse 9. Fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. There's another version that says it like this. Let the Lord's people show him reverence. It's a holy fear. It's an awe of God. Let the Lord's people see him, know him, and when they do, they'll show him reverence for those who honor him have all that they need. You see, when you reverence God, God becomes big and people's approval become lower. And it's not normal. I get that. But let me tell you something. Normal is rarely godly. Normal is rarely godly. When God becomes so big in your life, you say things like, I won't compromise for you. When God becomes so big, you say, I won't overcommit. When God becomes so big, I'm going to do my life according to the rhythms of God. The Bible said, come to me, all who are weary and worn out, and I will give you rest. And I'm talking more about what I'm going to preach on next week because very few people have any sense of rest we think that stress is normal. We think that the, he that the hectic way is the normal way because we're being dragged around by the expectations of everyone else. And one of the greatest sins that we commit could be that we're committing the sin of just doing too much. Remember, our adversary wants to manipulate the truth and turn it completely around not to help you but to harm you so he tells you things that you should seek out the approval of men you should please people because that's all that matters when in reality it matters none Paul said if I'm just seeking the approval of men I am not a servant of God Romans chapter 12, I could name that one. Go ahead and um, put that one up. Do not conform to the patterns of the world. But what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Leave that right there. Too many times we try to do life on our own way. We try to do things our way. I've got to do it my way because my way is the best way. And the whole time this roadmap that we have for success says do not conform to the patterns of this world. That means it shouldn't matter to me what other, what other people think about me. It shouldn't matter. I don't live my life based on the opinion of others. I don't dictate what I say and how I dress and what I do by what the government tells me I should do. Listen to me. My home is not here. I have residence in heaven. 
and I serve a holy God who says believe in me do what I have called you to do preach the gospel do it this way don't seek the approval of man but seek the approval of an almighty God the only way you can be totally changed is to stop caring what everybody else thinks about you you were created to be you nobody else you don't have to dress like them you don't have to talk like them you don't have to live like them because if you live like everyone else you are not in Christ because our society today is all about self and all about what you consume and it's a sickness it's a disease to please and I'm telling you you must I must be set free from caring about the opinions of others more than the opinion of God so as I close this out my prayer for you is that God become bigger I need to be a good teacher so I have to do it this way no I've got to be a good parent so I've got to do it this way no I've got to be a good spouse so I've got to do it this way no just obey God just do what his word says to do and you'll be a good teacher you will be a good spouse you will be a good mom you will be a good dad you'll be a good friend you'll be a good co-worker why because I've not lived my life according to the approval of people but I've lived it for the approval of God because my life is about an audience of one so again Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. With all eyes closed and all heads bowed, you say, Pastor, in the past I have succumbed to the pressure of pleasing people. And I want you to pray for me. If you have felt that pressure and maybe even still feel it today. And you want to be freed of this disease to please others. Would you raise your hand? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hands. Nine hands. Lord God, right now. For every single person that raised their hand today, let them be free from seeking the approval of people. Let them be free from this disease to please. Lord, I cannot please people, but I know that my job is to please you. So God, whatever it takes, let me please you and you alone. Free me, free me, free me, free me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Isn't God good? Let's try that again. Isn't God good? Amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for being here again. If you're watching online, I want to thank you for being with us. 
Reminder this week, we have our midweek services on Wednesday, game night on Friday. We have men's breakfast on Saturday morning. If you want more information about those, come see me or any one of the staff. I want you to know I love you and I appreciate you being here. You are dismissed this morning. Have a great rest of your week.